just because you're a student doesn't give you a pass on mediocre work, you know? Like, you're not a student, you're a filmmaker. Mm. You're just, you're in school, sure, but you're still a filmmaker. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 12th episode of the Unofficial Lost Year Film Podcast. I'm joined by Chris and Kenton Brenmayer and Alex Gilbert. Say hello, everyone. Hello. Hey. Hello. Today's topic, we're going to be going over um, Alex's experiences in Art Center, um, practicing our craft, and focusing on it as well. So first of all, Alex um, is a recent graduate of Art Center Pasadena. Um, he is uh, the third member of the Long Division Film Company with John and Eric. Um, so Alex, do you want to talk a little bit about your experiences and your background? Yeah, sure. Um... Not sure where I should start, <laughs> but um, just to take it full, you know, all the way back, um, I graduated from Loma Linda Academy, which I'm sure a lot of, you know, people listening to this are pretty familiar with. <laughs> uh, so I graduated high school, wanted to get into film, and I also didn't want to go to college. So that was like a battle with my parents a little bit. <laughs> But I ended up going to a place called Fitum uh, in downtown LA. And I went there because it was only a two-year degree. And I thought, I'll just get out as soon as possible and, you know, <laughs> start making movies or whatever. <laughs> um, so I went there. And halfway through, I, like, wanted to leave. I hated it. Didn't want to be there anymore. Wasn't really what I wanted to do. Um, so I took a, a break. Uh, halfway through and kind of realized I wanted to go to like traditional film school, you know? So I applied to a couple film schools, didn't get into any of them. <laughs> so went back to fit them, finished up my two year associate's degree and reapplied to a couple schools again and got into art center. And which is ultimately where I went, to, that's where I consider I went to college as Art Center. <laughs> so I, I went there and got my bachelor's degree in film and graduated at the end of 2018. So I'm only a few years out. So, you know, this is my kind of perspective. I'm, I'm just still getting started, you know. But that's kind of the beginning of like my academic film career. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> nice. So what, what did you focus on in Art Center and in FIDM? Yeah, so when I was at FITM, it was a lot of like, the the degree was digital media. So I was doing a lot of like post stuff, like editing and graphic design. I learned a lot of like Photoshop, Illustrator, all the Adobe programs basically, which is why I wanted to leave. I, I wanted to be out like shooting stuff, not <laughs> designing things and, and doing that kind of stuff. But I will say that all those skills have like really helped me um, in my filmmaking now. And when I moved to Art Center, I really wanted to be a DP. So I focused my whole entire time there basically towards cinematography and lighting and all that kind of stuff. Nice. Chris, you've known Alex for a long time. Do you have anything you want to add or question him about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, like, I went to high school at relatively the same time you did. I think you were, like, two years ahead of me. And so it was it was this weird experience, like, knowing you from then 
and then getting to know you like when I was in college, when you were in Art Center, when you were out of Art Center working with Long Division. And so like it's been this like really weird perspective for me. Because what I remember from high school is that you're the type of person that's like, I want to go shoot something and I want it to be fun. Like most of the stuff that I saw from you in high school was just like, oh man, this is like insanely good, but also insanely weird and funny, like <laughs> like stuff I'm watching. And then like seeing how like in a way it's kind of developed from that to college to art center to, you know, now it's kind of inspiring to see someone who had like the drive and the desire to do it and then actually getting to a place where they're doing it for their job. So like, I would, uh, how would you characterize your uh, early filmmaking experience <laughs> now? Like, like, would you characterize yeah, the difference? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of a difference, but maybe not as much as it seems. Um, I think in high school, yeah, high school is kind of where I discovered filmmaking, like truly, um, you know, <laughs> the, the biggest kind of turnaround project was me and a couple of friends were doing really poorly in history class, like grades were just abysmal. <laughs> so, like, oh, man, like, uh, can we do like a video project for like some extra credit or whatever? And our teacher was like, yeah, sure. So we all kind of banded together and made this short film about the Oregon Trail that had no factual educational value at all, but it was super fun. Um, <laughs> and that was just all about like, you know, what, um, just kind of how crazy we can be on camera and, you know, what, what can we do? It's just me and a couple of friends, you know, and I think that's, that's probably the most fun videos filmmaking will ever be is like there's no the only pressure is like are people gonna laugh at this you know there's no money there's no anything so it's just about like it's just pure creative like juices flowing <laughs> and that was like a, a big hobby i guess for me and my friends in high school was like making stuff and trying to make each other laugh you know on camera even behind the scenes you know like oh if i edit this this way you know I bet I can make this happen or, or whatever. Um, and so I guess, yeah, coming, jumping forward to now, um, kind of the same ideas are there. It's like, I really like comedy stuff a lot. And so I'm almost still kind of thinking that way. Like, oh man, well, what if I try this? Like, is this funny? You know, blah, blah, blah. Now it's a little different because, you know, there's like, I, you know, as you, progress you realize how much there is to making a good project and all the different pieces and how much it costs oh, yeah. <laughs> how much time you have to put into it um so all of that you know goes into consideration when when making a project and deciding like what you're going to put your time into so it's less spur of the moment now you know back in high school it's like you didn't need anything you just needed a camera and your friends and you just walk out to the Lomo in the Hills and you film something. <laughs> now it's like, okay, I need like, you know, these tools, I'll need some help, need some budget, you know, that's kind of the process these days. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. We'll get into Alex's experiences in uh, Art Center, but Kenton, you ha uh, after just this brief interjection, do you have any like questions you want to ask Alex? How would you um, describe your experience at Art Center compared to like 
fit them. Mm, yeah. Um, I think, so one of the main reasons I wanted to leave fit them and, and go do something else, um, I didn't really feel like I fit into that community there very well. Um, and, you know, I wanted, you know, filmmaking collaborators. And I also realized that my, you know, my work wasn't where I really wanted it to be. Um, and I wasn't practicing enough to get it to where I wanted it to be. Um, so that's what made me want to make the jump. And once I got to Art Center, um, you know, one of the coolest things about being there um, was that there's so many different disciplines there. Mm -hmm. And there, everyone's an artist there, but in very, very different ways. So you see, there's just a whole ton of different ways that people are thinking and approaching creative. So, you know, and you're in like a general class, you may be with like, photographers and product designers and car designers even and everyone has a different way of thinking you know mm -hmm. some people you know depending on their major they learn to make a lot of iterations of things like okay you have to come up with 100 ideas um, to start this project and so when it came time to do group projects you know everyone's bringing something different to the table the product people may want to okay, guys, let's just write down a ton of ideas and we'll go from there. Other people will just want to start diving in and trying things, experimenting. Um, so that, that was a really cool aspect of being there and kind of a big difference, I think, between um, FITM and Art Center. Hmm. Cool. Nice. Let's touch upon Art Center a little more. Um, sure. Alex, do you mind explaining what Art Center is like in general, uh, its structure, um, the classes, and specifically like the film students and like the film projects um, and like the overall kind of um, structure and community is there. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, Art Center is a college. <laughs> it's in Pasadena, uh, a little bit above LA, you know, it's still in LA, but um, kind of the, the main structure of the film program, at least when I was there, it could be different now, but um, there was kind of three main paths you could take, um, three main tracks, and that was directing, cinematography, and editing. And so you, you kind of choose that at the beginning, uh, kind of what path you're gonna take, and that will kind of determine your class requirements and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I remember, you know, the first day of class, who's in the directing class, uh, track? Literally everyone raises their hand except me. <laughs> I think I was the only one that wasn't uh, in the directing track, um, which was cool because that meant I got to shoot a lot of other people's projects uh, as a cinematographer. Um, so those are kind of the three main tracks and you can, you know, you can change as you go along um, and people do and, you know, it's not really anything too hard and fast there. Um, but yeah, as far as like the community and just how things go there, I think art center was kind of like a lifestyle, you know, like people go there and I, I think art center attracts a lot of like obsessive people, um, who just live and breathe their art 
And very much when you're there, you are living and breathing filmmaking if you're in the film program. Um, you're <laughs> just, you, if you're not in class, you're on somebody's set, you know, almost every weekend it was like, we're loading C stands into somebody's car, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to go shoot something. And you're just shooting all the time and you're tired all the time. Um, I think it was very hard on like my friends and family and relationships and that kind of stuff. Um, Cause they just ask so much of you. Um, and so that was, that's something a lot of people like struggle to deal with is like, you know, time management and feeling like, man, like if I don't put the time in, like, you know, I'm not gonna get to where I want to get to. Um, so it, th that was a kind of a struggle for everybody, I think. Um, yeah, I think that when at least talking with a couple of people that you're affiliated with, Alex, about their time in Art Center, like many of them um, say that they've gone like, you know, a lot of nights um, without sleeping, just pulling all nighters and trying to get things done because they're doing so many things. Um, like, is is it just a matter of like there's so much going on or are the classes asking a lot or is it like they know themselves that they need to like do everything? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's kind of a little bit all of the above, you know, one of the intimidating things too, uh, when I first got there was seeing, you know, the upperclassmen um, and what they were doing and you, and you see the kind of polish their work has and the art they're bringing to it. You're like man like how do i how do i get there you know um you kind of get into that trap of like comparing your stuff to their stuff and i think what you realize at the end of the day is like it's not that they've just found some secret sauce or anything like that you know it's just they put in a lot more they just put in a lot of work to get there you know um so it kind of motivates you like oh man, well, if, if I put in the work too, like I could achieve uh, what I want to achieve as well. I don't know if that answered your question, but. No, I definitely did. <laughs> uh, well, do you think like that's like a main difference between students at Arts Center versus students at other film schools like FIDM um, or other like people that you know at other film schools? Um. It's hard to say. Um, I, I think another thing that kind of adds to that whole um, system is there are a lot of assignments and a lot of things to get done and you need help, you know, you can't do it alone. Um, so if you're helping out a friend on their project, you kind of expect them to help you out on yours. Um, so there's a lot of like, bouncing around between you know sets if that makes sense yeah chris you've worked on a couple art center projects with alex and well i don't know if you've worked on the without alex probably uh, <laughs> um what what do you think is the main difference between students at like last year versus students at art center so i the first project i worked on with alex that was specifically art center was a film called sri and the thing that kind of really defined the line for me of like the difference was seeing how professional and how 
like intense like the majority of people were with doing their jobs and doing their role on set versus what I knew of for our sets at La Sierra. So like we're at La Sierra, you'd have maybe three, four people who knew what they were doing and you'd have everyone else basically being extra hands. At Art Center, it felt like, to my perception at least, that you had a vast majority more of people that were, like Alex was saying, crazily obsessed about what they were doing and who were really actively trying to add and contribute something uh, to the set that they were on. And I think the thing that kind of blew me away about it was that he just filmed in one room the entire day, but it felt like we were constantly doing something new every single time we went to film in there. And it felt really bizarre to me at one point. And then I kind of realized that I fell into the trap that Alex was also talking about of like, oh man, I'm immediately comparing everything that I've ever done, everything that La Sierra's ever done to this one experience that I've had. And it was really hard to, you know, stay in that hole for a long time. Um, but I think the biggest thing, like Alex was saying, is that you have a group of people that are like crazily obsessed and to a point where they're like all artists and they're all really talented in their own ways. And I feel like that drive and that obsession doesn't necessarily exist at the film school that I went to. Do you think that's just a matter of like the people discovering their drives early on or is can it be something that is like learned i think it's yes and i think you can find people who are already at that point going into college and university that have this like really clear path in their mind that they want to go to and then i think for some people you kind of have to discover what that is and since we're all kind of like experiencing and learning and maturing at different rates it's really hard to get all of those people timeline synced up so that way you have a group of people that are all kind of with that same drive and obsession at the same time i think the difference between last year and art center is that like art center is a school specifically for artists and you would get a higher percentage of people that are with that drive and with that motivation or with that you know obsession and desire to be artists versus a, like a university that's oh yeah we also have a film program yeah, I mean, I, I will say too, um, the art center is kind of a place where people don't really come out of high school and, and start there. That's kind of the minority. Um, I think when I started, there was maybe like two people, maybe three in my class that had came directly from high school. So it's it's kind of a place where people have done other college before, or they've even worked before kind of in various you know in the industry or just you know on their own um and they come there to like really focus in you know it's it is a place of discovery don't get me wrong but it's not like a traditional college if that makes sense where people go in undecided or uh anything like that it's very much like it attracts people who like are, yeah are very f focused and obsessive about one thing you know <laughs> Um, and, and that can be hard too, you know, like that's not for everybody. Um, some people want to experiment and try different things, you know, and, and it allows you to do that, but it's kind of a high price to, to pay, uh, <laughs> to do that experimenting. Yeah. The way I've kind of viewed art center is almost like grad school for a lot of people. It's like, all right, you've kind of done all of this other, you know, college education stuff. And now you're like, you know what? I want to 
invest a lot more time and money and energy into this one specific area. So that's kind of how I've like pictured that. Yeah, totally. Some people approach it like that. Um, some people don't, you know, it, it's a mixed bag too. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. It's not this place of like just elite people walking around everywhere. Like <laughs> there's some, yeah, there's some dinguses there too. <laughs> don't <care. laughs> Yeah, for for three of us, Chris, um, Alex, and I, like we're nearing the end, or we we're like past school time now. Or I'm like just finishing up my school. Kenton, you're still in school. For you, do you think there's like a danger in tr like trying to compare yourself to other people at other schools? I think us three have all our opinions, but you're still in school, and so in in your opinion, is it like bad to like stay in school and to hone in your craft is it bad to take like take the extra time to focus on your craft or is that something that you know is to each individual uh i definitely don't think it's bad to focus on your craft <laughs> i think you should be at least when you're in school and then once you're out of it too you should be trying to get better every single day that you have because in school you have the opportunity that you won't get any other time pretty much in your entire life to have equipment for free that you can rent out and use for yourself to try and make yourself better. Yes. Nice. I was just going to say one thing to kind of add to that about the, you know, the comparison thing. I think it, it's a good idea to look around, especially while in school, like what are other film schools doing? What are the people at those schools creating, you know, I think it's good to, to see what's going on in the world um, because those are the people that you'll be competing with jo for jobs with, you know, and hope maybe even your peers and collaborators in the future. Um, I remember I had a class with who, with a teacher who kind of, I consider my, um, my mentor now. Um, and he would show us these films from this, film school in Germany and the students would pull off just like insane stuff like production value through the roof amazing concepts acting you, you would believe it's like a Hollywood movie but it's a student film and you know he kind of pushed us to aspire to that level um, just because you're a student doesn't give you a pass on mediocre work you know, like you're not a student, you're a filmmaker. Mm. You're just, you're in school, sure, but you're still a filmmaker. <laughs> so um, there's no, there's no, there's no pass, you know, like good work is good work. How do you think someone can get over the comparison between like, like you yourself, you're in school, you're doing something as compared to like this prodigy you know teenager that is out doing like fantastic stuff. right <laughs> yeah um man i don't know that's hard but um because i you know i i'm definitely dealing with that still um instagram you know you go on there you see like <laughs> just incredible stuff um but i think what's kind of cool you know if you can try to turn that into inspiration and i think maybe one way to get over the comparison thing um, is to kind of break down that work and see 
what's actually happening, you know? Again, I don't think there's any like secret sauce. It's like, what are, what did they do to achieve this? Um, if it's a great, you know, still frame from a project, like what's working in the project? I mean, you can break that down. You can see what kind of location this is. Where's the light coming from? What did they put in the frame, you know? Um, I think on the directing side, maybe it's a little harder to deduce, like, why did they choose this person? What did they say to them to get this kind of performance? Um, I think that's harder, but not impossible, you know? So I, I don't know. I think that could be a way in helping to diminish the, um, the comparison trap, you know? Break it down and see what you can learn from it. Chris, Kenton, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think with the comparison point, I think it's really good to compare yourself to others because you can see where other people were at your age and then you can see what you can aspire to get to, which is a really good, and it's a good way to set up goals in your mind to get to as you progress through your career. Chris? Yeah, I think like if you see a filmmaker who you really admire and is doing really great stuff, it's like, oh man, like my stuff doesn't look like that. Um, it's yeah, again, it's not that they have the secret sauce. I think it's just that they've literally just put more work and practice into it. Mm. So I think I think you kind of rest easy on that. Like, you know, it's not something that you just don't have anyone can go out and, and practice and work hard at it, you know? Mm -hmm. Chris, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a good comparison is myself because when I was working with Alex for first couple times, like the first time I was, honestly, like I was just like shell-shocked, dude. Like I was so afraid of messing up and so afraid of like doing the wrong thing or getting in someone's way that I really hadn't felt that nervous ever being on a set and this is like after i was on a feature this is after i was on a web series and then coming onto this set it just felt different and the only thing i could think to do was okay i need to step up my game right now and i need to do my job really well so that i help this project rather than hurt it and then after that project i did with alex i got on a couple other projects that art center was doing other students asked for me, which was a weird thing to consider. Um, but when I got to those sets, I'm like, okay, I need to deliver as much professional content or as much professional workflow that I can. And like Alex was kind of saying, like, you can either look at it as, oh, is there some secret thing that I'm missing? Or you can understand that, no, these people have just put in a lot of work, time, and effort into getting to where they are. And I need to get up to that place by putting in enough work, effort, and, you know, desire to be there what do you guys think about um like if does surrounding yourself with people that do their own work and put in the effort does that like elevate your own work and can push you to do further or can it be like unmotivating hmm. i think it, it could be unmotivating and intimidating um but it could also be a really great thing um i think finding your if you're in school, um, finding your group of collaborators, you know, that's like a really important thing and huge. Um, 
I remember once I had kind of found my, my group in film school, um, we were all taking this class together where we had to make something like every other week. It was like a commercial class. And it was kind of like a, a little bit of a competition, like every week, like oh, who's going to come in with the better idea. Who's going to come in with like the, um, you know, the better piece. And, and it was a friendly competition. It's not like, you know, you're just going to get grilled if you come in with something bad, but like <laughs> you want to have like, yeah, like, let me see what I can do to like really make this clever or, you know, you're just thinking like that. And I think it was, we're kind of feeding off each other to, to get to a better place, you know? I mean, yeah, personally, I think we, I said it earlier in another episode, but um, one of my biggest regrets is that, you know, going to a small film school, you don't exactly have a large pool of people to pull from. And unless everybody kind of has the same desire and drive and, you know, willingness to like work on stuff and create stuff, it's really hard to find a group of people that actually want to make things and want to elevate each other. And I think I'm definitely a person that grows the most when I'm not the smartest person in the room because I learn so much more from everyone else. And I get, I know from my, one of my own vices is that I get into this really bad headspace where if I think I know I know more than everyone else in the room, I kind of like, shut down and become really like aggressive with everything and so one of the things that humbled me a lot was going to a place where i felt like i was surrounded by people that have so much more knowledge than myself and that really pushed me to create better stuff and more consistent stuff you know i will say too if you've never like if you've never bombed in front of a class before <laughs> I would highly recommend it <laughs> like, there is nothing yeah more like soul crushing and <sighs> terrible than you show your your video to the class and it just like you just know it's <laughs> terrible like it's so bad i remember i showed like one of my final projects in a class and we had a class in like a theater so it, they project it really big even though there's like you know 10 people in the whole class um, <laughs> but it's up there and you can't escape it and they played it my teacher was just like it, it ended and he was like well you fucked that up Next. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh like i had i had really like i liked this idea a lot i had like pushed myself a little harder than usual and it just didn't hit it just didn't work straight up and man that was a big motivator to come back stronger you know because you're only, if I stopped there, <laughs> then that's what I'm going to be remembered for, you know? Mm. Like, oh yeah, remember that thing last week you showed? Like, that sucked. Um, <laughs> so my, that was like motivation to, okay, I got to come back stronger and, and kind of like take what I learned from <laughs> that failure and, and, and try and turn it into something new and better. Uh, just to add one more thing to what you were saying. I think another thing I regret a lot is that I wasn't really in a film school that had a wide variety of critique and it was really hard to understand what I did right and what I did wrong with my own filmmaking. If someone either a didn't know how to say it or like didn't have the language to like express what they thought worked and didn't or in a place where someone may just not have been taught how to give good critique. And that was like really detrimental to my own experience. So, but yeah, like that feeling of like, oh man, I, 
this utterly failed. <laughs> I, I, agree, I man, I agree with that so much because there's so many products that I've done that I know are just hot piles of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> same, but those are the same. those are the ones that I'm like, man, I know what to do, not to do next time, and I know what to do better on. So, right, yeah, I mean, teaching, giving man. giving critique is definitely a skill. You know, giving and receiving is definitely a skill mm -hmm. and something to practice. Yeah, I think in my own opinion, like having like the right feedback is definitely really helpful in understanding like where you can improve on because I know like I'm still learning and um, like I'm not happy with like a lot of things that I create um, like by myself, but other people, they're getting there, but <laughs> by myself, like I still need to improve a lot. Um, and knowing where you can improve on is key. Yeah, and I think the another thing to that is like to feedback um, is that <laughs> just because someone gives you feedback doesn't mean you have to implement it or take it, you know, as a matter of fact. Um, that you, you have to think about like where that person's coming from and their experiences. And I, I think that was a big turning point for me with feedback is like not every piece of feedback I get, I have to try and implement it. Like you have to pick the ones that you feel are going to work best for you and your project. Cause not every piece of feedback is going to make your project better. You know, you have to figure out what's going to be the most true to your film, you know? And, and help it improve. Yeah, and sometimes the feedback that you receive like might not even be like the, might not even like source the correct problem. It might be like, oh, I think this thing is wrong, but it mm -hmm. actually might be because another thing didn't work for them. Yeah, so, like, totally. And at what point, what point is it their style versus yours or something like that, you know? Definitely. <sighs> yes. All right, moving on <laughs> to um, <laughs> another question. <laughs> Um, in, in your guys' opinion, what do you think is like the right balance between like raw talent, learned skills, a work ethic, and a portfolio in going out and getting a job in the industry? <laughs> Ooh. Well, why don't we ask the person who's in like that space right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um yeah, I'm not even the right person to ask. <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to figure this out. Um, but I think I think hard work and just your work ethic in general, I think that's the most important thing you can have. Um, you could be the most talented filmmaker ever, but if, if you're not willing to put in the hard work or keep at it, then you're not pushing your potential to its fullest, you know? Um, but within getting a job, um, you know, having a portfolio is, is pretty important because again, you could have the greatest work ethic ever, but you have to be able to show people you've, you know, practiced that and like exercised it. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a weird mix of all three almost. Um, you have to work hard um, you know, I'm going to take that back. I don't think it's a mix of all. I think talent's probably the least important thing. <laughs> I don't think that's really <laughs> going to get you 
as much as you think it might get you. Um, but working hard to create a portfolio, I think that'll get you pretty far and open up more doors than just like, hey, I have a knack for this, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Chris, can you any thoughts on that? Or agree, disagree? Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I, I completely agree. I've been, in my own experience, I've seen a lot more people get rehired because they had a really good work ethic. They're really easy to work with. And they'd worked on a wider breadth of projects before than people who get hired just because they're talented or just because they had one project that was really cool. In my opinion, like Alex was saying, you can't really expect to get hired unless you show that you have this experience behind you. Catch 22. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Nice. Um, so when for yourself, Alex, or for long division, when you're like trying to pitch a project or pitch a style to a director or producer, what's like the process behind that? And how do you come up with the um, actual ideas and kind of back that with um, like knowing what works and what doesn't work? Yeah. Um, so, well, let me say this first, I think, for anyone who doesn't know, um, Long Division is a little production company. Me and two buddies started, and we're mainly focusing on like commercial and branded content, that kind of stuff. And um, typically, how it works with us, and I think just in the commercial world overall, um, you know, this brand has a a project they want to do and they have a brief and they'll have a rough idea of what they want to do. Like, you know, we want to sell these headphones to this demographic, whatever. And we're thinking this might be a cool idea. So then the, the director who's going to pitch on it is going to create this thing called a treatment, which is this visual book of the idea and the direction of how they're going to approach that creative problem. So they'll write about, you know, the approach to it, what they're going to do, how they're going to approach it visually, what's it going to look like, what's it going to feel like. And in that process, that's where, that's where you need to find the direction for the piece um, and really do the hard thinking about, you know, what is this thing going to be? How can, how can I explain my idea clearly so that everyone understands this? Um, and so you're really pitching that to the brand or the client, whatever it is. Um, I forgot where I was going with that, but um, <laughs> yeah, you're pitching that. That whole process is to get everybody on the same page, you and the client. Because the client can't, you know, as filmmakers, we imagine like the edit and the music and all this kind of stuff. But you got to put that on paper first so other people can understand it. Um, I kind of forgot what your main question was. <laughs> um, just like in in the, in that process, mm -hmm. or I mean, what is that process and how do you create that direction and idea for um, a client or producer or director? Mm. Like kind of concept creation stuff? 
concept creation or style or you know like getting your idea from yourself to them yeah and um, concept creation <laughs> hmm. well yeah i think the um so when you're pitching on a project there's probably already some baseline creative there so what you're doing as a director is trying to elevate that and bring it to a better place within the world of film, if that makes sense. Um, and so creating the treatment is kind of the process to getting all the ideas out and on paper so everyone can understand the direction you're trying to go with the piece. And the treatment can contain literally everything. Um, and it can be as short as one page or 40, 50 pages. You know, it depends on the kind of idea you're trying to get across to people. And it comments on, you know, it can comment on, on, on everything. Um, cinematography, acting, the editing, the music, um, choice of colors within the frame and i think it's important to always be relating that back to the brief which is the creative problem that this client has and you're saying hey this is a really great way to do this so when you have that brief how do you decide within like yourself or long division or any other group of um creatives how do you decide which direction to take do you like discuss about like maybe if we twist it this way or if we just show this way, like those will give us different emotions. Which one do we want to choose? Which one would we want to come across? How was that process like and how do you like kind of choose that direction? Yeah, so I, I think that's a decision for not necessarily the company, but the director who's going to pitch on it. Um, that's kind of your job. You're giving a direction to this whole thing, you know? <laughs> um, but I think you, you have to do your research um, on, you know, who's the client? You know, if it's something like Apple, um, you know, they're not, they may not go for a cartoony, you know, approach to a project. They're, they might want something that's a little more like, you know, sleek and beautiful. Um, so I think you have to do your research on who you're pitching for and who that audience is. But that's not to say that, you know, by knowing that, um, to not go the opposite direction. Maybe cartoony isn't uh, Apple's immediate approach, but maybe you have a way to make a cartoony approach Apple mm. and show them, hey, this could actually work and be a cool kind of juxtaposition, you know? So I, I honestly, I don't know how you you make that decision. I think it's kind of just like a gut feeling and, and process. Like, is this a good idea? If you believe it's a good idea, um, I think you just, you just kind of know. I don't, I don't know if there's anything, you know, <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain. There's <laughs> yeah. no checklist, unfortunately, which is the hard part. Because um, you could think it's really great and put your all into it. And it's just not what they're looking for at the end of the day. 
Nice. One of your final pieces, Alex, for Art Center was a spec commercial um, for like Geico. Um, yeah. I don't know if you would necessarily call it spec, but it was essentially a spec commercial. Or, it's I a spec. Know. No one yeah. paid. I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and for that, you won, I think, the Young Directors Award at some. I forget which. Um, yeah, uh, Cannes Lion. It's like a advertising award thing. <laughs> nice. I'll I'll see if I can. Um, find a link and then say at the end of the podcast but do you mind explaining um your idea behind that and why you chose that specific approach for the spec yeah sure um so <laughs> kind of near just to give some backstory near the end of my film school experience i was taking a, a commercial class at school and i had two teachers that really became my mentor in this whole process. And I fell in love with commercials. They really showed me like what's out there and things that appeal to my taste. And kind of near the end of school, I was like, okay, I think this is what I want to do now. Um, I think I want to direct commercials. Um, so I kind of made a, a little game plan, nothing too serious, but <laughs> made a game plan in my head. Like, how am I going to accomplish that? Maybe I'll go down this path here. So me and a friend or two uh, ended up taking the class like three times, like my last three terms there. I just took it over and over and over again. And my last, you know, Chris, the, the first project you worked on, I'm surprised to hear it was SRI, which was one of my other spec projects I did within that class. Uh, my first mm -hmm. one, that was kind of the first one I, I put, you know, some money into, um, you know, going back to the whole portfolio thing, you have to show people what you can do. Um, and I really want to get commercials. So I got to show people how I can make a commercial, you know? Um, so it was kind of a scary leap. That first one, that first go around with SRI, like I had never put so much money into a project before. And, I, you know, I had no idea if it was going to work. Um, and, you know, a lot of money for me back then was like a few thousand. Um, I know there's some student films that are just like, you know, people are putting like 50,000 in and it's crazy, <laughs> but like um, <laughs> that was what I had saved up and that's what I put into it. Um, so it was a lot to me at the time. Um, and that kind of set up, some confidence, I think, in me to do that again. Um, so I took the class again and decided to make another spec. I was gonna put, you know, another couple thousand into this student project. And I, I, would, I just wanted it to be a reflection of my taste and style, um, kind of moving out into the real world, you know? I was like, what can I make of it? that feels like me and that is me um, within this commercial format, you know? Um, so through just ideating and like, what do like asking myself, like, what do I like and watching things that I like and um, just trying to figure that out and bouncing ideas around with friends and that kind of stuff. Um, 
I settled on, you know, the idea that you see in the piece. And honestly, like <laughs> at the time I was making it, um, it was, it was kind of a hard semester. Like I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. Um, my entire school I had spent doing uh, cinematography. And at the very end, I was like, actually, maybe I want to direct some stuff. Um, so I was really struggling, like, oh, like, what do I do? I don't know. Should I even be making something like this? Um, and by the end, you know, with graduation and all that just stuff you got to do with that, the rehearsal, you got to get the papers, you got to do this. Like, I was over everything. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> like, that was like one of the only sets of, or it was the first time I, I had my own set, you know, and I wasn't very emotionally attached to it. I kind of just showed up. I did the job. And then I literally just went home. <laughs> like that was it. There was no like, oh, like this is my film and this is my whatever. Um, I just did it and okay, I did it. And I went back home and that was that, you know, <laughs> but it ended up being um, my, I guess, most successful project I directed and probably my favorite to this date. Um, I think it kind of represents <laughs> my sensibilities and taste in, you know, images and writing. It, you know, it's not a very complex piece. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's just like a minute or, or two long. So it's not any like big short film or anything like that. But um, I don't know. That's the kind of stuff I like. And I feel like it kind of encapsulated what I want to be creating um, in the future. And yeah, as you said, like, believe it or not, it, it got, you know, some success in some of the ad award shows um, like the YDA and the AICP, which is really cool and kind of a whirlwind experience. Um, <laughs> all from a, a project that, you know, I just kind of like was very overwhelmed by and just kind of did it, not really thinking too much about it, you know? Because um, I, I will say on my first project, I, SRI, Chris, like I put my, like everything into that. Like it was like, make or break this is like the biggest thing ever and <laughs> you know it turned out okay <laughs> i'm not gonna say it's great um and then yeah yeah and to contrast that on this one it's like eh, yeah we'll go do it <laughs> you know <laughs> and it ended up being you know my favorite project yeah i mean it's still it's it's a fantastic piece uh <laughs> but like did you still you still spend like a couple of grand on this thing or, yeah 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 and it's only like it's like one location um not long at all yeah if uh <laughs> if anyone uh listening to this has no idea what we're talking about um you can check it out on my website or something it's alexander.film is the url you can check it out there yeah, or I just found the link on Long Division too. <laughs> so either Alexander Film or Long Division Film under Alexander yeah, it, Gilbert. It's out there in the Vimeo world. <laughs> Indeed, it is. Yeah, and you know, I think this might be a good point to bring up too um, for people in film school wanting to create projects, and it's like, oh man, I don't have the the money, 
where am I going to get the money? You know, that's definitely like an issue in film school is that you, you got to pay for your own shit. And like the school's <laughs> not just going to give you money to go make your film, you know, mm-hmm. and let's be honest, who would? <laughs> um, so um, how I got to create these two things was um, through filmmaking um, on the corporate side. Um, earlier that year, I shot a bunch of these dental videos and they're really boring and not very exciting, but they paid. And it's something I think any film student can do. You can use the skills you're actively practicing and learning and you can go and make money with it and bring that back to your film school projects. There's a lot of like corporate opportunity out there um, that doesn't have a whole lot of um, consequence, you know, like you have the skills to go do that. Um, Because it's mainly about, you know, these jobs are mainly about presenting information to these corporate audiences. So if you can film a video and it looks decent, it sounds okay, you can go out and get work and that can help pay for your your art projects, you know? Definitely. Um, I think I was talking to John earlier who said something that you said, but I want to just ask you the question. Um, <laughs> yeah. When you're like pitching to a client and you're giving like a budget range, like what is important to know, like for the client to know as well as yourself, like the different levels of, um, I'm doing air quotes here again, quality <laughs> that you get from like, you know, the low range, the mid range and the high range. Mm. What's the differences that you get in, in those budget ranges? Yeah, I think if you get the opportunity to present a budget, um, I think typically the higher the budget, this isn't always the case, but, and again, this is from my perspective, just being out of film school, you know, two years, um, and working with um, kind of smaller size budgets. But I think the main difference between a really low budget project and a decently budgeted project is the lower the budget, the less chance of getting exactly what you want. Um, You just have a lesser chance of getting exactly what you want. So instead of booking, you know, the cool location on (laughs) pure space or whatever, you're going to have to go work with something, you know, available to you. You're going to have to work with something that's like within your network, pulling from friends, that kind of thing. And it may not be exactly what you had envisioned, you know, I think a good example of this is when we did the music video for Royal Jag, the the 909 video. Um, There was no money in that and we needed a big space and we just asked around and Brendan was able to help us out in getting uh, the space we needed to make the, the video. And, you know, it maybe wasn't exactly what I had in my head, but it was close enough and we were able to make it work, you know. You can also find out on alexander.film or longdivision.film. 
<laughs> yeah, I think that's still like a great piece though too. Oh, dude, I love that music video, man. <laughs> it's, I yeah, it's fun, man. Literally got Chris into Royal Jag. Dude, I I am a hardcore Royal Jag stand now because of that and uh, your involvement with them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, representing the 909. Those guys are awesome. Yes. <laughs> Alex, what do you do when something is like not up to that quality that you want? How do you work with that? Man. I guess it depends at what stage you're in. Like, are you thinking like, like you shot the piece already and now you have all this footage and it's not where you want it to be or on set? Um, yeah, let's go on set and in post. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and do you mean, just to clarify, like quality with maybe like just overall quality, like acting and cinematography just overall, or it's just not what you had pictured. Um, just mainly that, you know, it's not going to like work as far as like getting the message across. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I think when you're on set <laughs> and things just aren't working um, as you had plan them to maybe you plan this moment um in the story that's supposed to be a big moment and you see it on camera and it's just it's just not working like it's, it's just not turning out the way you thought it would which happens to me all the time you think about something <laughs> and like oh man it'd be so great if he like lifted up the cup here and you see it on the thing and it's like this sucks <laughs> you know <laughs> um i think that's pretty common for me um, maybe that just means I need to plan better. I don't know, but, um, I think you just have to be, uh, adaptable and have kind of solutions in your back pocket. Like if it doesn't work out, what am I going to do? And if it's not working out on set and you haven't done that, I think it's fine to just like take a moment, like just stop what you're doing, take a moment and think about how you can rework something and lean on your collaborators too. Um, if you're a student director and this is your project and you know maybe you have a cinematographer friend helping you out and maybe an actor friend helping you out or something like that, ask them, see what they can bring to the table. Um, Cause yeah, ev everyone on the crew is an artist and um, has great ideas, you know? It doesn't have to just come from you, even though you're the project leader, you know, you, you chose these people to go on this journey with you to make this thing and ask them what they think. Like, wh what do you, what do you think about this? You know, I'm sure like, and, and what's cool about that is, you know, cinematographer is going to have a different idea than the actor, than the producer, you know? So you can kind of get some different perspectives. And <clears throat> again, this is the whole feedback thing. Like, okay, now you have these three different ideas and perspectives, which one most aligns with where you're trying to go with your project, you know? Yeah, definitely. What about in post? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, to like go back and reshoot the thing or do you just like leave it and be like, or and you're like okay 
this doesn't work because of this. Now I know that. Now I'll spend the next time, like fixing and like or focusing on on that a lot more. Right. So, I think to bring up that project again, SRI, the one of my student spec commercials. Um, that was a project. Yeah, I went out. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. This is going to be my big project. Whatever. And I shot it, and <laughs> you know, I thought it was all great on set. This is awesome. And then you you throw some edits together, and I show the class, and it's just it's not good at all. Like it was terrible. <laughs> um, you know, my teacher kind of just told me like, yeah, you you know, this isn't good. <laughs> you messed this up. And I was like, damn, like did I really like mess this thing up? Um, like, is this just gonna, you know, is this just one in the can? It's just kind of, I, I learned and, you know, maybe that's the best I can hope for this thing. Um, but, you know, eventually um, just through working on it and trying things and going through that horrible phase of like terrible feedback not terrible, like, not terrible notes, but like, it's terrible hearing bad things about your project. You know, like, oh, you should have done this. Try this. This isn't working. Uh, it was super uncomfortable and heartbreaking. You know, to hear that this thing you really put yourself out there to make uh, isn't working. Um, but the way I, I kind of got out of it, and I think hopefully made the best of it ultimately um, was again, going back to that hard work thing, just trying a million different iterations, uh, trying notes that I didn't even think would work. Um, one of my mentors kept telling me like, I think you need to change the song. I think you need to change the song. And I was like, no, I don't need to change the song. This is my vision, whatever this, this song works. <laughs> that song doesn't work. <laughs> and as soon as I changed the song, I was like, all right, you're right. This totally works. <laughs> this is totally way, way better. <laughs> um, so yeah, even getting over your own pre preconceived thoughts about what the piece should be, you know, I just dropped all of that. Like, um, okay. What I had originally set out to make, it's not that anymore. You know, I have these pieces now. What am I, what can I do with these pieces? Ignoring anything I had planned before. Um, so it's just looking at my pieces objectively and like, okay, what is here and what can I actually make out of these pieces? You know? And I think that approach kind of helped me come over the hill um, with that project and, and come out with something that I was proud of, you know? So I, I think it was just um, a matter of experimenting and not being too rushed with it. Um, you know, there wasn't any like big, big deadlines I, I had to hit, which was a good thing. You know, it was just kind of done when I said it was done. <laughs> um, and yeah, listening to other people, listening to mentors, listening to your collaborators, um, 
That was the other thing too. This is this is a good point. Um, so I started the edit on that project, and it wasn't going the way I, I wanted it to go. I was like, man, maybe I I need an editor. So I looked around for an editor. Had my friend take a stab at it, and then it still wasn't really where I wanted it to be. It was still falling flat. And one of my mentors, <laughs> you know kind of gave me a piece of advice that has always stuck with me now. I always think about it. And it's a good thing for student films and, and creating things in film school. Um, no one is going to care about your project more than you do. <laughs> no one's going to stay up late editing this thing, you know, trying things, experimenting. No one's going to, you know, no one's going to do it. You got to take the reins of your project and, and guide it to where you think it needs to go. There's no like, oh, I'm just gonna hand this off and and they're gonna do what they're gonna do and it's gonna be good or it's gonna be bad and then that's that, you know? So I think when I finally kind of took back control of the project, uh, of the edit um, and had that mentality like, okay, I, I just really have to put the hard work and, and, and try things and um, that's when it started to get better and I got better feedback and, you know, better feedback led to better versions. And then, you know, it eventually got to, to where it is now. Um, yeah. I think that's a great point that like when your own like original idea and conception doesn't work that you try other things and you like let other people help guide you, I think is uh, really important to keep in mind. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Chris, Kenton, do you have any thoughts on that or any like final questions or thoughts? Yeah, I think there's something to be said about like, you know, really doing what taking the advice and, you know, really taking control of your project and like really trying to put in the effort and like try different things and listen to feedback. But in my experience, there's also been points where I really needed to learn to just let it go and just move on. Um, I was driving back in a car from a film riot thing that I went to with with John Wong and Summer Medina. And I was talking to John about my junior level project, which, you know, it, it was my first big project. It was something that I put a lot of, you know, in my concept money into and time and effort and everything. And I was just like, yeah, man, this, this thing just didn't work out the way I wanted it to. It didn't feel like it was that great. And I'm wondering if I should go back and re-edit it. And this is like right before I was about to jump into my senior thesis. And then John just kind of looks at me. He's like, why like why do you why do you care that much about it it's like why would you put the effort back into a, an old project like that when you have this project in front of you like why not divert your efforts into making that project better and it kind of hit me like yeah maybe i am obsessing over this thing way too much and maybe i'm you know trying to edit this to a point where it's not going to be there and maybe i just need to let it go and unfortunately, like, I'm still learning a lot of things, but maybe that is a good thing. Like, I, I'm trying to learn to not overdo a project anymore and to put as much effort as I possibly can into it while I'm there. But then after I've, you know, finished it, put it where it needs to go and then sent it off. Yeah, maybe it is time to just let it go and let it be and move on to the next thing. Yeah, I think that's really important in film school is knowing when to close the book on a project, you know, 
um, not every project is going to be this like amazing thing. And I know that's kind of like the mentality and the kind of the trap with a lot of student films and creating something in film school. Like this is going to be the best thing ever. We're going to go all in. We're going to get the fancy lights. We're going to get the fancy glass, like all this stuff, you know? <laughs> um, and sometimes it's just not, it's just not, it's just not a good project, you know? And that's okay. Like, and that's why you're in film school is to try things and go through that process um, and just make a lot of stuff, you know? That's what's gonna just keep refining your skills is just making a lot of things. And if you fall into that trap of like, oh, this is my one project and it's gotta be, you know, ready for the Hollywood screen. <laughs> like, oh man, I don't know if you'll, if you'll get there, you know? I think you'll get that, you have a better chance of getting there um by just taking what you learned from that project and applying it to the next one mm -hmm. yeah definitely mm -hmm. any final thoughts or questions no no all right i have a brief question for you alex um yeah. since to last podcast with mark um and we talked about um if you need a better camera will it make things more cinematic mm -hmm. uh, so as a cinematographer like Mark, will a better camera give you a, it's like a better camera key to getting a, a more cinematic image? Um, short answer, no. Um, <laughs> I remember, again, this, this, this is a classic example. I was in film school. I was like doing cinematography stuff and I was going to shoot a project for my director friend. And it was like, this is gonna, yeah, this is gonna be like the, the greatest film we've ever done. And we're gonna go big. Like it was our first big project. At Art Center, there's like um, different levels of production that you're allowed to participate in. So if you're a new student or in kind of the lower early classes, you'll be in production level one. And what that allows you to do is, you know, get some basic lighting, get a camera like a black magic pocket or something like that and the, the top level is, is level three or level four and to be able to to do that you have to put in a lot of legwork with paperwork and insurance and you know getting talent releases crew releases um, all that kind of stuff and what that allows you to do is check out the nicer cameras at school so, you know, they had a couple of reds and like an RE and that kind of stuff. So we did all that and, you know, we're going to shoot this on the RE Alexa and it's going to be awesome. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, we're super excited about it. Um, we had like a little Chapman dolly. Um, so we're going to use a dolly, which is cool. And, you know, I'm like on the set and we're lighting this thing. We set up the camera and that's, that's when I realized like, man, cameras don't do anything. Cameras don't do anything. <laughs> like they literally do nothing. They just, they see what they see, you know? <laughs> and I, I don't know why that's eye opening to, to me back then. And to a lot of film students, like, wow, th it doesn't look very good. Like if you shoot a white room, it's a white room. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're never get, a camera is never going to change that. Um, so that that project, I realized, like, oh man, like it's it's not just about having a, a nice camera and nice lenses and all that kind of stuff. Um, like Mark was saying, it's really what you put in front of the camera, um, which again, <laughs> it's funny how that's an epiphany to film students and you know myself included don't get me wrong like that was mean for sure yeah same. Um, like yeah what you put in front of your eyes <laughs> uh th that's what people see on the screen no one sees the camera you know <laughs> um so I, honestly i mean that's a good um good lesson to the film students out there um is that you got to be smart with what you put in front of your lens whether that be, you know, if you're the cinematographer, you're a director, whatever, um, you got to be smart about um, how you're approaching your films. And you, you can get a lot out of a good location and a good actor than you can the best camera and the best lenses, you know. And the chances are, too. <laughs> you're not even going to have the crew or the time or the lighting to fully maximize this amazing gear. <laughs> so just, I would say to any film student that's like in cinematography or filmmaking, whatever, um, just to really focus on the idea and the story, you know, that's kind of your, that's the main thing. That's the main thing people are going to walk away with. That's it. Thanks once again to Chris, Kenton, and Alex for joining me on the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it and you listen to more. <laughs>